go to bed, little father. We want to be alone. Your general appearance is not distasteful. Thank you. The whites of your eyes are clear. Your cornea is excellent. Your cornea is terrific. Privet, everybody. It's Adam here from All the Best Lines. Uh, lovely to be in your ear holes again. And wow. <laughs> ear, ear holes in ski. <laughs> We're in Russia. Our guest is cringing already. I'm very sorry about that. Um, we have a lovely special guest. But first of all, of course, here's my good friend, Ali. How are you? All right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Smokey, of course, uh, how are you? You're right. <laughs> uh, Nostrovia, my friend, how are you? Ah, oh, man. I had to ask the guest, who is very familiar with Russia. You're all going to love this guy, by the way, um, uh, uh, for a Russian word. But Smokey was bang on it. He, he's, got them, he's got them all on a whiteboard in front of his face. He's, no, no, I've, I've just seen Hunt, Hunt for Red October a few times, that's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and Sean Connery's masterful Russian accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fine, I'm from Lithuania. It's fine, <laughs> I'm from Egypt. In the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's as good as his Irish in The Untouchables, so. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, you Nicely self-edited. <laughs> I almost went there as well. But anyway, it's, it's amazing to be in your company. We have a special guest today, Smokey. Do you want to introduce mm. the chap? We do. It's, uh, it's Ali Pitt from the Marissa Files. I can never pronounce your <coughs> podcast properly. I do apologise, but it is from the Marissa Files podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much, Comrade Bernard and Comrade Deirdre, oh, for oh, having me on. Man. So look at that. That's the man who does his research. It's uh, We should have done it as well. It's Russophiles Unite. Am I right? Sorry, I do apologize. That's that's the one. That's the one. I've um I've had the pleasure of appearing on it. Yeah, but uh, well, Bernard and Deirdre, yeah. I, I, I like that it's catching on, though, Deirdre. Don't you? Mm. I, I, like, I like Bernard and Deirdre. They sound like a, yeah. a nice couple down the working man's club. You know. Yeah. What, yeah. what about 50 for a brandy? You go f*** off. That's <laughs> 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 Bernard. That's Bernard for you. Did <laughs> well, uh, yeah. you sit there um, scratching it? Hey, that, what? that's that, me. That, what do you mean? No. <laughs> You're married to me. You married People, this, <laughs> I, <laughs> and you never let me forget it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ali. We can't do this. Okay, do no, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, Ali, Ali is um, the master of all things Russian, especially when it comes to movies. Ali, do you want to tell us about your show and? Uh, and why you chose that Yeah, subject. Yeah, so my podcast is about Russian and Soviet films and films with a Russian connection. So occasionally I cover stuff that's not made in Russia but has some kind of Russian angle to it, which is how you, Adam, ended up being on the show a little while back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as I made you watch a film that was twice the length of your, you know, film comfort length. <laughs> I'm so glad you said film comfort length. <laughs> yeah, we um yeah, I appeared on your wonderful show to talk about War and Peace with Audrey Hepburn, which was very timely because I was just in the middle of I just released it, I think, an Audrey Hepburn series that I made. And um I remember thinking she was by far the best thing in that. And I was also Oh my goodness, yeah. I was also blown away by the scale of the thing. There are certain shots in that film where you just can't believe there are that many people in the world, let alone that many people on a film set being directed to walk in a snaking line across a landscape. It's yeah, it's it's very, very impressive. But since I, I watched that, I've seen the Soviet version from the 60s because... I think they felt that Hollywood doing a version was kind of throwing down the gauntlet. So they were like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to make it more than seven hours long. Mm. And yeah, if you think the crowd scenes and the, you know, the battle scenes are impressive in the Hollywood version, the Soviet version, they just, you know, they just threw all the money at it. Did they have more authentic and, accents in, uh, in their one? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I, mean, I remember being particularly horrified by uh, Henry Fonda. <laughs> oh my goodness, he is so wooden in that film. <laughs> just he doesn't even bother, does he, to uh, to try and disguise or try and put on any kind of accent or even pronounce the name. What's your name? 
comrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, um, it was quite hideous. Yeah. Well, but, well, I've got to say, you you guys are selling me it. I mean, wow. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if you ever want to swoon over Audrey Hepburn, I think there are a few films that you just look at her and you can't actually concentrate on the film because you're just so spellbound by her ethereal presence. And I think Roman Holiday, Sabrina and War and Peace for me. Yeah, definitely. And Love in the Afternoon to an extent. But you just watch those films and you're just like, uh, you get to the end credits, you're like, what happened in that film? I don't even, even see any of the story. But um, Just yeah. swooning the whole way through. Yes, it took me four days to get through War and Peace. And I had to watch it again because I didn't really uh, understand what happened in the story. But anyway, it's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Thanks it, for having me. It is absolutely wonderful. So, obviously, that means this is why you picked Ninochka for us to, to view. Because of it is indeed, Russian because connection. it has a Russian connection, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Wonderful. Would I be right in saying, Adam, that you were, were not massively thrilled by this choice? So, um, right, so I, <laughs> <laughs> when I first started watching old films and getting really into them, I bought a Greta Garbo <clears throat> box set, and it was Ninochka and uh, Camille, I think it was Grand Hotel and Matahari, and I watched all four, like, bang, straight off, and... Um, I didn't like any of them. <laughs> and, uh, oh. and I was kind of, I've always been a bit like, oh, they're not good. That's the, the boring one in the hotel room. Because for me, <laughs> the, the first like half of the film is just them in and out of this hotel room, sort of arguing about their political sort of standings and stuff. And I didn't really get it. So I went back and watched it about a year after that because um, I was just, you know, thirsty for these films. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember falling asleep during the first half of it. And um, since then, I think my opinion of it has been a little bit like, oh, that's the film that put me to sleep. That's the film where it's the, <laughs> it's the Bolsheviks in Paris trying to um, try, you know, experience in life for the first time. And it just really didn't, it didn't grab me. But, I mean, I'm but, not going to give anything, okay. I'm not going to give anything away. Third uh, time's the charm. <laughs> well, I didn't, I'm not going to give anything away. But after I finished <clears throat> uh, with my uh, other call this morning i thought right you're today so i watched it again with a, a fresh mind and um let's just say my opinion of it has vastly improved so yes wonderful oh excellent so i'm awfully glad That's you good. brought this one to the well I, I will do the same as you and I, I won't give any rating until the end but let me put it this way this was my first time first time view of it uh it, it's also my first ever greta garbo film um, oh same here yeah. Ooh. Oh, really? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, first first Garbo and first Ernst Lubitsch film for me. So. Oh, wow. I, I'd have to double check on that one, but I, I'm guessing it might be mine as well. But let me put it this way, Ali. We've had two, two guests on before. Uh, you are our third. And it's lovely to finally be able to have a guest on and talk about a good film. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other two were <laughs> <laughs> Ali, so when, when was your first watch of this film yeah. uh, literally last night oh okay so you picked this basically yeah. on the theme oh. because it tied in with a theme you hadn't yeah. seen it before right. yeah it just kind of piqued my curiosity the the plot sounded interesting i'd known about it for quite a while and thought oh, yeah, that sounds like it could be good mm. so yeah it was just the theme so i just took a punt on it and fortunately right. it wasn't awful <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, uh, see, when you suggested it, I I just assumed that it was like it was one of your favourites because of the subject <laughs> no, matter. No, no, no. Ah. This is this was just me me taking taking a gamble. Well, Adam, maybe this is the way to go to go going forward when we have guests on is to just take a massive <laughs> punt. <And laughs> yeah, because pick, pick something cause... you like the look of. I think is yeah. the, is the way to go. Mind you, I have to say, yeah. first guest was Stacey, and she asked me for a film about time travel. Now. Time travel is a very hard thing to do in golden age of Hollywood. There was literally only right. three three choices. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I picked the, I picked one that I, I I was familiar with, and it was you know bloody awful. I mean, just the, cr- yes. the cruddiest cruddiest film. It just confirmed <laughs> the back of my mind thinking that I'd had about. Ooh, it's just awful. Ooh, shudder. Anyway, let's not yeah, talk about utter, it. utter. Yeah, the second yeah. was Tom and, and 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 his girl Friday, which was all his fault. Oh God. I can't stand it. I'm sorry. No, I, I can't either. <laughs> yeah, that I I do like that that film. So I was I was quite surprised by like the utter drubbing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I could 
I could see why you would take against it, but yeah. And I've only seen it the once, so I'm interested to see how I find it the second time. But I just I just enjoyed how like relentlessly like machine gunny the, the dialogue was. But <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, it's a film I know I should like, but I yeah. just can't it's, it's, it's like no. if, if if my kids said to me now please dad can we sit down and watch his girl friday we're really excited about it i just have to say look kissy you're in for a disappointment you know and i'll actually use the word <laughs> as well. and, and, and so, you're and you're out of the will yes <laughs> i just can't love it i can't love it and i've no. tried for many years yeah, I've tried three times and that's enough for me. I'm never going to watch. I'm never going to watch that again. I mean, you've given it a fair shake. Yeah. Well, you've got to. You've got to. You you know, one time you can be distracted, a second time you can be just not in the mood, and you know, mm. three three I think is fair. Mm. Um, Which is why. <coughs> yeah, I'm glad um, Ninochka. This is my third mm. time watching it, and it third time's the charm. Yeah, yeah, charm. absolutely. It's funny yeah. you mentioned that about the sort of the scattergun sort of dialogue. At the, at the very beginning of Ninochka, I was starting to worry a little bit that this was going in sort of the same direction. Mm-hmm. Very quick dialogue, some one-liners coming thick and fast as well, and I was sort of like, oh no, are we in for another? And thankfully, we weren't, <laughs> because luckily, the Russians enter into it, and they like to talk quite slowly. And so it's sort of like, oh, good, that's good. Yeah, I could live with this. Before we before we get into the film, is there any are there any admin things you need to clear up at the beginning of this episode, or are we sp- uh, skipping over that this time and just going straight into the film? I just wanted, didn't going, wanna, I didn't, I didn't straight... want to leap in in case you were going. Ah, we've got we, emails. Shut up. We we do have emails and we do have reviews and ratings to talk about, but I'm going to save it for the next episode. Okay, cool. Awesome. It, it's just because it takes up too much time, otherwise. So, yeah. so yeah. Thank, thanks for sending them, everyone. Apparently, they take up too much time for Smokey, though. <laughs> It's, I, I find it, I mean, it's self-serving enough, but when you have a guest on, it's even more self-serving. So it's just, you know, you're going, right, hang on, you wait until people tell us how brilliant we are, and then we'll get back to you secondarily. And so it's just like, no, let's not do and when, that. When there's only two of us, he only reads the nice reviews about himself. Oh, a nice email about you, but uh, you don't need it. Anyway, until this one from me. Smokey is a very lovely man and has lovely blue eyes. <laughs> I'm glad to be sparing you from having to read nice things about Adam I, out loud. I, I, he yeah, doesn't. Look, I, will, I will put it on record here that there is a very nice email praising Adam spectacularly, which it will be read out on the next episode. Oh, I, I, I would prefer that you didn't anyway. <laughs> see, you could, see, this you, is what, what you, I do. I try what, you could, what you could do, Smokey, is yes, you sir. could just censor... Absolutely everything except the beginning and the end. Oh, very timely. Hi, Adam. Thanks. (laughs) Name of correspondent. I I like it. I like like it, Ali. Ali, bang on it. From now on. See, this is the kind of this is the kind of co-host you need, Smokey. Like a proper, a proper, properly organised, researched person (laughs) with a very nice voice and who who can make timely gags like that. Not not some old reprobate here with clinking. (laughs) Ice cubes. <laughs> you let it go. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe I'll just have to, you know, uh, just read out redacted emails from now on. I think so, we'll just have oh, Ali. We we'll have a Ali nice as one. a guest every 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 episode. <laughs> <laughs> Our special guest this time is Ali from the Roost Files yeah. podcast. Ali, do you because want to tell us a bit be- about? Well, yeah, yeah because you. Ali's here, we're not going to read emails again because they're all about Adam. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go, host. Uh, <laughs> no, but we can't. We, I mean, uh, who wants to give us the the plot of the film? Well, I think the special guest should do that. If, oh. if you don't mind, Ali, what do you think? Yeah, I'll give it my best shot. All right, so we are in Paris just before the war. So kind of late 30s-ish. We have a trio of Soviet agents. They are on an important mission to pawn some uh, some czarist jewels in order to raise funds for the, uh, the Soviet Republic and their continuing fight for world communism. And yeah, they're, they are not very good at their jobs. So <laughs> they, they screw up. So the uh, the powers that be send our titular heroine Nina or Ninichka to supervise them, and 
yeah, in the process of supervising them, she meets a. I guess he's he's a he's a nobleman. Mm. I'm not sure whether he's meant to be Russian or French. His surname suggests he's French, but and yeah, she is um, slowly won over by his um, like capitalist machinations, and they and they fall in love, and that's basically basically the plot in a nutshell. Mm. And, and it, it's worth saying that um, uh, she arrives and is one type of person, and by the time she leaves Paris, is a completely transformed person. She's she's convinced by romance and color and excess and capitalism and and um, the the count. Who I agree, it's never really stated, is it, what nationality he is? I'm going to go with French too, or, or some European count anyway, played by Melvin Douglas. He manages to. Um, to bring colour to her life, and she realises yes. that when she goes back to Russia after her adventures, shall we say, that life under the regime is not as as wonderful as she thought it was before Paris. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's absolutely. it. I mean, she she's a communist robot when she arrives, isn't yeah. she? Oh, she's she's, she's, she's I'm glorious. I'm so glad you said robot because <laughs> what I thought uh, of her characterization is at, be- at the beginning is yeah. she is essentially the Borg. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. She she's unfeeling. There's no emotions. Everything is straight down the line. Mm. Everything is black and white. It, she she is right and capitalism is wrong basically. And it, I mean it's it's a it's a cliche, but clichés are there for a reason is that it, obviously she thaws from a an ice cold robot woman into something more resembling a human woman. <laughs> so, yes. you know, for want of a better term. Can I be of any assistance to you? You might hold this for me. I'd love to. Correct me if I'm wrong. We are facing north, aren't we? Facing north? Well, now, I'd hate to commit myself without my compass. Pardon me, are you an explorer? No, I'm looking for the Eiffel Tower. I... Good heavens, is that thing lost again? Oh, are you interested in a view? I'm interested in the Eiffel Tower from a technical standpoint. Technical? No, no, I'm afraid I couldn't be of much help from that angle. You see, a Parisian only goes to the tower in moments of despair to jump off. How long does it take a man to land? Uh, now, isn't that too bad? The last time I jumped, I forgot to time it. Let me see now, the Eiffel Tower. The... Ah, your finger, please. Why do you need my finger? It's bad manners to point with your own. There, the Eiffel Tower. And where are we? Where are we? Now, let me see. Where are we? Ah, here we are. There you are, and here am I. Feel it? I'm interested only in the shortest distance between these two points. Must you flirt? Well, I don't have to, but I find it natural. Suppress it. I'll try. For my own information, would you call your approach toward me typical of the local morale? Mademoiselle, it is that approach which has made Paris what it is. You're very sure of yourself, aren't you? Well, nothing's happened recently to shake my self-confidence. I have heard of the arrogant male in capitalistic society. It is having a superior earning power that makes you that way. A Russian. I love Russians. Comrade, I've been fascinated by your five-year plan for the last 15 years. Your type will soon be extinct. But, I mean, it's something you see... In various films, isn't it? You know, the sort of fish out of water adapting to their surroundings. Mm. I mean, it's nice, it works, it's easy. Mm. But there's something incredibly charming with the way that they do it in this film. Mm. And as you said, uh, Melvin Douglas is, is brilliant, by the way. He's, he's, he's great. wonderful. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's, he's uh, very, very suave. Yeah. He's well, great in everything. I thought, like, the first time you meet him, when he's sort of, it feels like he's trying to hoodwink the Russians and. And it, kind of, it felt like he was kind of pretending to be their pal, but then mm. you kind of realise that actually no, he's actually just quite a nice man. He's just incredibly cocky. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying <laughs> to remember what his line is. His his line is like, it's something like, "I'm not trying to be a something. I'm just trying to be a nuisance." Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not trying to be a oh a diplomat or mm. some. Yeah, I yeah. It's right at the beginning, isn't it, in the hotel room? Yeah, I I'm mean, he to... comes off. Much better than the. I think she's the Grand Duchess, whose Ugh. jewels mm. are the ones that are being hawked. That's kind of like the the MacGuffin of the whole plot is 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 yeah. these jewels that the Soviet yeah. agents have come to sell. Yeah. This, um, yeah. But she's 
yeah, she's not very nice. She's not, but I, I, because I was, I, I agree, and I was thinking, oh my god, this woman, she, she's an uber, <laughs> but, but then she, when she gives you a little bit of her backstory about what has happened to her and her family and her ancestors and you know the parts of the country she was growing up in, and and I did get a little bit of sympathy for her, mm. but but then she goes and ruins it all by. Throwing Ninochka on a plane, and so I was sort of like, oh, "Well, I'm I'm torn. I'm torn." <laughs> yeah, and she kind of does sort of brag about how people used to serve her and how great that was, which mm. doesn't endear her a, a ton. It, it, no, it doesn't. And so I I would say seventy thirty. I think I ended up at uh, between and just oh well, fair enough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She she had a, she did have some bad breaks to deal with let's put it that way <clears throat> yeah great performance though mm, oh yeah everyone yeah pretty much everyone in this film is really you know doing a bang up job i thought especially garbo um, because when she mm. first arrives in paris you um and she has to be robotic <laughs> and it kind of mm. suits her as well because like she was a fabulous actress don't get me wrong but mm. there was always something quite artificial about her performances if you watch things like grand hotel and Matahari. You never quite buy the character because she's always slightly a bit too theatrical. A bit too old, darling, and all this kind of thing. But in this, because her character is supposed to be restrained, just restrained as as. F- <laughs> I don't want you moving your arms. I want you to, you know, I don't. You, you're eagle eyes action man. You don't turn your head. You turn your eyes to each character. It, it's very restrained. It's all internal. Um, Eagle-eyes action, man. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what you are like. the first person to ever compare Greta Garbo with Action Man. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Breaking new ground. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever checked her uh, listing on Wikipedia? She was a she was a silent star first, wasn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. And big and big in Swedish theatre, you know. But, yeah. But for some reason, I, I don't think her performances have particularly aged well. Um, there are certain ones that have. Um, and there are certain lines that she delivers that are very iconic. You know, I want to be alone in Grand Hotel, mm. of course, that kind of thing. Um, and she she quit early, which is the best thing you can do if you're that big of a star. You say, right, that's it. You know, 1943, I'm off now. And people mourn the loss of you and they and they lionize your movies. Um, Ninochka was uh, 39, wasn't it? So almost at the end of her, her reign. But because she acts so robotic, my point was, because she acts so robotically, um, she doesn't get a chance to do all this flourishy stuff that that she was, that, that kind of made her performances artificial. Instead, she has to act artificial, which in a way kind of cancels her artificiality out. It's very, very, it's very weird hmm. because I watched sort of this paradoxical. Yeah, I watched this today, and I was like, she's incredible um, as the restrained, repressed Russian. Um, why? And and my brain was going. I just, I just can't fathom that that's Great Garbo because um usually she's she's so like you know hand to the to the brow and stuff. But now she's this robotic character. It seems to work much well, uh, much better for her. And hmm. and then when she flowers later on in the film, you really hmm. buy it. So um yeah. for me, this is you know probably her best best performance. So very very impressed. It's it's also an interesting decision that they don't bring her into the film, even though mm. she's the titular character, mm. until twenty minutes in. We have just twenty minutes of like, not exactly La- messing around, but just kind of setting stuff up. So yeah. that almost because she's such an extreme character when mm. she comes in, that almost makes it more noticeable that she has mm. this like big entrance rather than she's there from the very beginning. And yeah. also yeah. the um the, the characters that have set the story up are these you know bumbling caricature kind of you know um v- v- very sort of almost cartoonish, and then she arrives. Oh and it's yeah, like, and it's, like, so. it's like whoa. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you really get the contrast because you've set up. You've had a little bit of time to get your head around who these guys are and just, you know, their level of competence or lack thereof. So then having like the utter opposite and just the kind of straight down the line efficiency. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do love the three Russian stooges. Oh, they're they're fabulous. I really enjoyed them. They're so fun. They're so Uh, good. But did you find um, when when she arrives and and she's checking into the hotel and stuff and they're showing her around and stuff, her 
roboticness, should we say, makes you really like you feel like you've been you've been told off or chided, and you're waiting oh, yeah. for her to explode in fury. <laughs> How much is this room? She gets a typewriter. How many F's in your name? <laughs> it's like yeah. two F's. <laughs> she's she's, like, she's definitely. She's radiating. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh yeah, it was pure headmistress style, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. That's mm. what it was. Yeah, I, I felt. I felt. Uh, I did feel told off by her. But I mean, obviously, this is going to be no surprise because obviously, as you say, she's the titular character, and so for me personally, the the film didn't really get going until she arrived mm. on the scene. And as you say, it's about twenty minutes in or so. The only sort of Real downside to the film, I thought, yes, I enjoyed the three Russians, the three Stooges, if you will, and they were great, but that opening 20 minutes, it just, it was too long for me, personally. I thought if, you, if you'd if you cut it down, even by about five minutes or so, just set it up a bit, a bit more uh, uniformly, if you will, um, I think that would have worked a bit better for her arrival. But as I said, that's only a minor complaint. But as you say, uh, Adam, the, the sort of the, the part when she does flower, as you put it, is wonderful. I mean, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, she she just breaks and starts laughing, which was which was just this film just was advertised so, so as, as Garbo laughs. I, I mean, saw that. Mm, I read um, that. Yeah, uh, you know, Garbo talks was you know, um, oh god, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw this up. Anna Christie. Anna Christie. You know, it was the first time she appeared in a sound film, and it was Garbo. Talks. Garbo talks, and yeah. it was Ninochka. It was Garbo laughs. You know, because yeah. <laughs> people were so unused. But I, I she have was to say, not known for doing comedies up to this point. <laughs> no, yeah. is that Garbo walks? Was No. I do agree with you about the, the first. 20 minutes I, I think the first mm. act of this film is very uncharacteristically slow for and mm. not, not slow actually it's it's too fast in a way it, I don't think the first I don't think the introduction works particularly well which is a real surprise seeing as who scripted this thing and who directed this thing yeah um I think it's slightly it, ham-fisted it's it's bizarre actually I was thinking pretty much exactly the same thing is that the start is slow and fast at the same time. So it takes too long to get where it's going, but what's happening on screen is really quick. Mm. So it's that's a, that's a weird juxtaposition right there. Um, mm. But just one other thing I was going to say was um, was that it was the two scenes that just kind of just kind of maybe fall in love with Nanashka. One was the one I previously mentioned. It's the one where she where she just breaks laughing. That's that's absolutely wonderful. I loved it. But the second was the the weird firing squad scene. Oh, yeah. I think that's the thing I'm going to remember about this film. <laughs> I mean, so for, for context, for those who don't know it, she's they're, they're kind of play acting, aren't they, when they're drunk and she's sort of saying she's given a speech to her comrades and then she, she lines up against a wall with a blindfold around her and then he pops a champagne cork to signify being shot. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. the fact that she is now so free and drunk, obviously, but that she does still keep playing along. And it was just, yeah, that kind of melted my heart a little bit. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, but it's sort of, it's also very dark at the same oh, time. Very much so. You know, because yeah. she's talking about, like, because she's very conflicted. Because on mm. the one hand, she's fallen in love with this guy, she's fallen in love with Paris and the, you know, the more human, more joyous well, elements well. of life yeah. there. Yeah. Um, because she previously thought that was all, you know, overrated guff or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's also, she is super conflicted about having let down her comrades. So yeah. she's kind of like, yeah, I deserve to be shot. Yeah, <laughs> but but she is being shot by, for quote unquote, capitalism, isn't she? So it's sort of like, it, there was just, I know. Shot, it, it's she's a bit, shot by a champagne bowl. And the Freudian, you know <clears throat> the Freudian like <laughs> layers in that scene. Just, I know, it's just, a bit, I know, yeah, it's a, a little bit, bit a little bit. But, you know, it's just... But there was just something about it that was just sort of like, this is really sweet. But as you say, dark, but really sweet. The um the writing team on this, well, Wilder and is it Charles Brackett as well. I mean, Wilder didn't really start directing until after 1939. But I, I do think that he his words work best when he's directing them. I love Lubitsch, don't get me wrong. And Shop Around the Corner is, is you know top top five movie of all time for me and Trouble in Paradise, you know, equally. I mean, that's probably number four in the world for me. So Lubitsch is extraordinary, but I do think that um, Wilder always worked better when 
he was directing in his own words. It didn't matter what it was. I, I think he's criminally overlooked as well when it comes to the 20th century golden age directors. Yeah, so uh, everyone always says Hitchcock or, you know, um, uh, God, I, you know, it's the way my brain works. I can't think of anyone but Billy Wilder and Hitchcock right now. <laughs> Kubrick, let's say Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick. Ed Wood. <laughs> <laughs> or Capra, you know, or, or Wilder or someone. But um, people always go, oh, yeah, Billy Wilder. You know, The Apartment. Oh, yeah, Billy Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> A foreign affair, you know. Every single film that guy directed was just bang, 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 bang. And so caustic. And what I love about this film so much is all the jabs. I mean, this is pre-war, you know. Um, it came out in November, but the war only really kicked off in September, and the US still weren't in it. And yet, you have well, and the Soviet Union's not in it yet. Ex- exactly. It's and true. there you have this movie, which just you know has the biggest female star in the world, is a sparkling comedy, and. The, the gag at the train station at the beginning just just made me go, whoa, that's yeah. so brave. Yeah. Like when they're totally following that guy to see if he's the comrade, yeah. and then he just oh, hiles he Hitler. He looks like a co- comrade, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he hiles Hitler to the guy, and they go, oh, no, definitely not. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not so much that one. That must be the one. Yes, he looks like a comrade. Yes. Hi, Hitler. Hitler. No, that's not him. Positively not. What are we going to do? Now? I don't know. This, this is... We must, we, must, we, we must have missed him. I'm looking for Michael Simonovich Ironov. I am Michael Simonovich Ironov. I'm Nina Ivanovna Yakushova, envoy extraordinary, acting on the direct orders of Comrade Commissar Rosinin. Present with your colleagues. Comrade Boyanov. Comrade. Comrade Kopalski. Comrade. What a charming idea for Moscow to surprise us with a lady, comrade. If he had known, he would have greeted you with flowers. <laughs> Don't make an issue of my womanhood. We're here for work, all of us. Let's not waste any time. Shall we go? Porter, here, please. What do you want? May I have your bags, madame? Why? He's a porter. He wants to carry them. Why? Why should you carry other people's bags? Well, that's my business, madame. That's no business. That's social injustice. That depends on the tip. Allow me, comrade. No, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, that, that kind of relates also to the uh, the title card at the beginning, doesn't mm. it? Mm-hmm. Ab- about the... Um, if uh, When you refer to a siren, you talk, I'm talking about a brunette or... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If Not... a lamp gets and... put out and things like that, yeah. Yes, and when a Frenchman turns That's... turns out a light, it's not because of an air raid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a bit, but I mean that was kind of cool though. I liked that. It, it, I mean, it didn't need to give me a, a, a specific year, but it gave me a, a great foothold in time. Mm. You know, yeah, that was very good. efficient. Very much so. Just referring back to what we briefly mentioned earlier, I was just having a look at my little list. This is actually my fourth Lubitsch film that I've seen, mm. so yeah, I'm yeah. doing all right. I think we've so this a few and then. Shop around the corner, trouble in paradise, and then to be or not to be. So. Yeah, we did all those films. Yeah, right. We did, we did. Yeah, you you are helping my education in so many ways, Adam. <laughs> I don't think I am. <laughs> <clears throat> it's your film club. <laughs> Thank you. While you die, there you're right. <laughs> my chest is so clogged up. I don't know. <clears throat> Continue. More gin, more gin. That's what it needs. Gin and ice. <laughs> Maybe maybe you should maybe you should go on to the vodka. TB is more of a like nineteenth century. (laughs) (laughs) You'd know. (laughs) Well, actually, that's that's a very good point. Actually, so you're obviously your uh, expertise on on the sort of the the Russian side of things, Ali. But where does this sit? Did it satiate your desire for Russianness? Yeah, what was your take? Yeah, I think I think it did. I I I think I was surprised that it was like reasonably nuanced for a Hollywood mm. film like mm. i wonder if this had been produced post war it might have like been a bit more like the russians are the baddies cuz like don't mm. get me wrong it it takes a you know it takes a right pop at communism and you know fair enough mm. <laughs> but it also doesn't it doesn't portray the russians as being 
all alike or all a certain way you mm, know it true. does make them very very human and i i really like it's very it's very brief but the brief scene between ninochka and her her flatmate essentially with the negligence it's a very <laughs> well, yeah i was i was more thinking about when she's initially introduced and they're just chatting and catching up because she's mm. been away on her her mission and just like the affection there and mm. it's just it's just nice to see russians in a hollywood film portrayed as like actual human beings and not like weird yeah. communist robots i mean yes nina nina's a communist robot to begin with but there's yeah. there's kind of more to it than that i am i feel the same because when when it got back when she got back to russia the scene where she has them over for an omelet and um they're having a sing song kind of thing and the guy keeps walking through the room you know, and every time he walks in, they, oh, yeah. it just shuts the mood down. It's almost like that guy was the Hollywood stereotype version of what communism was. <laughs> Didn't right, you find? Right. It's like, you know, yeah. because I I never assumed that anyone in communist Russia would get together in an of an evening and sing a song. And but obviously they did, you know, they, they, they mm, yeah. because they were humans and, and they're mm-hmm. painted as these, like, for, for want of a better word, robots and evil robots are that and you, you think well communism is this and they're all you know they, they go to work and then they lie flat on their backs on the floor and wait until the day the sun comes up and then they start working again it, it really wasn't the case at all and it, like you say it does humanize the people that were in russia at the time which i thought was a really lovely sweet touch but even even though there it, it is tinged with darkness um yeah. you, you could see why they all want to escape it's it, yeah. Very it, it, it does capture the the, da- the darkness of that time because that was you know the like 36 to 38 was the time of like the great stalinist purge when mm. you were genuinely very worried that your neighbors might like denounce you and you yeah. kind of because you had a book on your night. on your shelf or a, a, or yeah. a, you know piece of negligee on your washing line <laughs> yeah there, there, there's a there's a scene earlier on which i when i was watching it i thought might have been a little controversial for the time you'll have to tell me which is when gaston who is leon's butler says oh he's he's found that he's been reading communi- a communist book and, and leon kind of freely admits that there are actually some good ideas in communist teachings you know, oh, you're just being a reactionary to whatever I'm doing, that kind of thing. Don't you just want to turn, what did he say, turn around and kick me in the pants? Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to be on a level <laughs> footing? And of course, he's not a communist. And so he's got, Gaston's going, no, no. But for a film in 39, that's got to be a little on the nose, hasn't it? For for a society that is very much anti-communism. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting that it isn't all one way of, him totally converting her to capitalism without yeah. any uh, anything coming back the other way. He he is that in love that he is actually learning more about her ways and her society. And I thought, well, that's actually really forward thinking. Yeah, mm. it's 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 like someone converting to a new religion for someone that they're, they're they're with, they're marrying. You know, it's it's a bit like that. And I was just sort of thinking, well, I can imagine there'd be quite a lot, and especially Americans, who would be rather off with that scene i think yeah like that's why i said i if this was made in the in the 50s Mm. i don't Mm. think you would have gotten away with having having a sympathetic character (laughs) read karl marx and go you know this isn't all rubbish (laughs) (laughs) it's very strange isn't it it just it really does illustrate the fact or or the power of hollywood propaganda at the time because you know uh, no one was really showing what Nazis were like until about 37, 38, when Warner Brothers stepped up and did Confessions of a Nazi Spy, and they were like, look, we need to paint these guys as they are. And no more messing around, no more invisible agent Nazis being kicked up the bum kind of thing. Let's, let's properly show them as evil. Um, and, and you have this kind of playful, aren't they ridiculous, for goose-stepping kind of sense of humour during the 30s. And then 39 onwards, it's all like, no, that you know there are no nice Nazis. You know, it, it, films portrayed in Nazi Germany have you know even kids are insidious spies working for the for the man, mm. the state, and all this kind of thing. Um, Ninochka strikes me as kind of um, a last gasp at um, poking fun at them in a loving way 
in a kind of playful way. It's almost like they, they do it to Nazis in it and they do it to communism in it. And um, mm. it, like you say, it's extraordinarily hard to imagine, um, even a year after this film was being made, it being this kind of loving or or humanising them in, so, in such a way. It would have been, they're just evil. Everyone's evil <laughs> in this thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was just something that impressed me. That's all. I mean, it, it wasn't just that the Ruskies are bad. It mm. wasn't that at all. And and I just and I, I was sitting there just sort of watching this, going, "Well, bloody hell, they're right. They're not all evil, as you say. They're not. They, as you say, they're humans as well, and they're having to deal with this ridiculous regime that's been placed on top of them. And mm. I, I, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was a great way of doing it. Yeah, I found the the line that probably touched me the most in the whole film was mm. I think it's Bulyanov who says it the the guy with the the pince nez or mm. pince nail however you say with that kind of glasses but <laughs> he says they can't censor our memories can they oh, like, oh isn't that a beautiful goodness. scene because that's uh, a wonderful they, line it's when they all, they, they've just had that meal haven't they and they all you yeah. know the party's over kind of thing and um, they must go home and they all shake a hand and they're so They've, they've grown to love her so much and mm. it's just a real act of respect the way they shake her hand in the first one, you know, goodbye, and the second one, goodbye. And he shakes her hand and says goodbye and then he goes to leave and then turns around, doesn't he? He comes back to her mm-hmm. and says, they can't censor our memories can they? because this letter that she's been sent from the Count has been completely censored by the Russian government. And he says, you know, you can't, they can't censor our memories. And the, the look that passes between them and he, he takes her hand again and shakes it once more. And it's such a poignant, heartbreaking, mm. beautiful little moment. Yeah, it's, um, mm. it, it's a real, it's a real treasure of a scene, though. It is. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I like, I like those three. They're just, they are, mm. they are bumbling, but there's also like, there's, there's a bit more to them than that. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. They are like yeah. the three stooges at the beginning. That's the issue yeah. is they walk into the film and they're and they're kind of they're all talking over each other. It's very very quick and and the whole setup of the film is is given in dialogue and it's it's all like three or four minutes and you really kind of like I'm not sure I'm going to warm to these guys because they've just rushed through this whole setup of the film. But as you say, as the film goes on, you mm-hmm. learn more about them and and they become more human by the end. Yeah, I just, really love that opening scene, though. Like, I thought it was so funny that <laughs> that two of them are kind of like trying to figure out how much they can take advantage of this business trip, being like <laughs> on the company expenses. Whereas the the one guy, um, Bulyanov, who is more straight laced, is like, yeah, but should we? And and then the, they're kind of like, okay, well, how are we going to talk him round? And it's like, oh yeah, well. If Lenin were here, he'd tell you this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, um, Lenin would want you to think of the prestige of the of, of the Soviet people. And he's like, oh yeah, okay, good point. Uh, you, you know, like I feel my place is uh, for the common the, with the common people. But who am I to disagree with Lenin? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Lenin didn't say say that. You suppose that he said that so that you could. Stay in the nice hotel. <laughs> it was that if you ring three times, you get a French maid. A French maid, and they go, "Oh, okay." What, happen- then. what happens if you if you ring the bell nine times? <laughs> we all know what happens then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's a callback later where they yeah. are in the room, and you just have have the maids coming and bringing them different things, and you just see the door. And you just have all this laughter and oh revelry God, sounds emanating from behind the door. That's a, well, it, that's a great but it's, scene. It's, it's, but it's, it's stereotypical, even of times now, wouldn't it be? If you're like in a quote-unquote gentleman's club, if that mm. you just saw a door and different people going in, it would be, Ray! Every time, yeah. if it was beer or if it was food or if it was cigarettes or if it mm. was very attractive women bringing you all this stuff. <laughs> every time they walk through the door it'd be a ray and it was just like yeah that was awesome i didn't need to see what was going on in that room at all no i think it almost worked because you do uh, later see them all passed out on the floor but i think the joke works better that you can only just hear this good time that's being had very much so very much so. that's a real lubish touch actually um there's a scene in trouble in paradise where there's this whole romance that happens and it's all done on 
uh, a clock face. You just see the clock going to 6 p.m. and you see the two shadows coming together like this to kiss. And then it cuts the light. It goes ahead to 9 p.m. and and um, there's one shadow there and she's waiting for the other shadow to come. It's it's genius. But Lubitsch is nice. all about the, like these visual flourish things. You know, I'll, I'll film a door. We don't actually need to yeah. see what's happening inside. You'll yeah, know what's perfect. happening inside. I, I will say, though, um, something that also did really sort of warm my heart, my cold, cold heart, was, um, as you say, she obviously warms to Leon when she, you know, when she sort of starts falling for him as well. But going to the to the scene that we just mentioned at the end with with the three Stooges, she greets them with such warmth, and she gives them all a hug, and it's welcome. Oh, how are you, you rascals, or whatever she calls them? And it's <laughs> and it was just like, oh, she's thawed with them as well. She's not the strict headmistress anymore, and Didn't it was fa- just like it was great. Didn't you find her scene <clears throat> when she's ordered by Bela Lugosi? We haven't even mentioned him yet. He's oh, great. He's yeah. great in this. I think you know he's he's only in it genius. for a couple of minutes. Genius. I, I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say he um, he is not doing a ton of work for his no. fourth billing. <laughs> no, no, but very but much so. but how? What a great piece of casting, though. Bela Lugosi mm. as the, as the as the uptight you know Russian Soviet. Keeper up over the morals, well, kind of thing. But her scene, I, with I, him. I couldn't believe it. I knew he was in it, and so I was waiting mm. to see him. Mm. Oh, and yeah, to, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I recognized his voice before I recognized him. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because yeah, we see him side on, yeah, like for quite a long time. And you know, Bella Lugosi is all about those eyes, so you're not yeah. seeing him full in the face. It's kind of like. Yeah. I think that's where, him. Where are the torchlights? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, it was literally because obviously, uh, very recently, we we just done the, uh, for the House of Hammer, we've done the, the mystery of the Mary Celeste, and obviously, he's the main part in that. And so, his voice is just in my head right now. And uh, as soon as I heard it, it was like, oh, hello, there he is. And it was like, oh, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> and doesn't he look dapper in his uniform? I was yeah. Like, yeah. Good that to see scene. Sorry, where, sorry, Adam. Uh, no, I was going to say that scene where uh, uh, he orders her to go to Constantinople and bring them back. And she knows that they've f***ed up, basically. She knows, you know, they've gone over there, they were supposed to be selling furs. They've gone over there and they're not doing that. They're getting drunk on our money. We want them back. And basically that means that she's got to go over there and ship her three pals over to be shot. (laughs) She knows what, what's wondering, wondering why they can't make a carpet fly. I love that <laughs> bit. <laughs> That's such a wild also, though, t- Tough gig, though, selling furs in, in Istanbul. That's, yeah. that's got to be a tricky one. Because, I mean, I looked it up and the winters don't get that cold out there. You're so well researched, Pitts. Bloody it's hell. So <laughs> I was just like, oh. <laughs> That is, that is too much research. I mean, that is too much. That is that is my my pedantic side. Checking out weather but... patterns. <laughs> I looked. Yeah, I, I looked. mean, I understand you don't wear a fur coat purely for the warmth. It's for the well prestige and the look. I can afford a fur, fur coat, but full... that did strike me as a slightly tough gig. Full, full respect to you, Comrade Ali. I'm very impressed, mate. <laughs> well, I'm very diligent, like Comrade Nina. <laughs> I really enjoy her exasperation when she gets there and like, you didn't mm. hire a lawyer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, but her, yeah. when she when she realises that she's got to go and have her friends executed and she says to him, please, don't, I don't want to do this job. I want to stay here and do this book work kind of thing. Mm. You can see a little heartbreaking because she's just had this beautiful dinner with them and this, this lovely moment with Felix Bressart and, you know, she she knows they f***ed up and, and she's got to go over there and basically condemn them. And she's like, please, please don't tell me. He, he's, he's just, you know, a, the cold face of Russia and sent yeah. her anyway. And she gets yeah. there and she's, she's so resigned to her fate, which is what makes that ending scene just so beautiful. Because you can see the playfulness in, in their eyes. They're like, we've got a secret for you. Uh-huh, you're going <laughs> to love this. <laughs> Your life's about to change and you just don't know it. <laughs> it's can such I, a lovely can, ending. Can I, can I ask you to, because I, I, I missed it. I don't, know, I don't know what happened, but can someone please explain the end to me? What, what about it? Do you mean the very end? Yes, I mean the, the fact that one seems ostracised from the other three. From the other two, sorry. Yeah, it's, oh, a, it's an no, the, odd it's yeah. an odd note to end it on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was, it, was, if it had ended with a... Her kissing Melvin Douglas, I think it would have been. Yeah, a, there was it was a gag to show. There was a thing at the time about 
people protesting outside restaurants with uh, this cafe is unfair to dot 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 to me because they bar me. So um, when you look at the, oh. um, they mentioned that they've opened a restaurant together, and the, yeah, yeah. there are three of them, and yeah. the guys, um, the two two of the names are in lights, and the other lights have that. gone out. The other yeah, lights but gone I out. wasn't sure why the third was on his own. No, so basically he's um, his lights have gone out. So he's he's uh, outside he's outside picketing the restaurant. This is unfair because my lights have gone out. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. right. Yeah. I just it, it was as you say, if they end on their embrace and um, them kissing, mm-hmm. that's that's the end of a romantic comedy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's very very. It's it's not made clear. I, I actually had to look that up. So I, I was like, what? Ah. <laughs> yeah, I, he I, it on felt his like friends? it was a reference to something, but yeah. I just like I don't. I'm not well enough versed in like 30s culture to know what. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what would have worked better oh, if, if, if if um, all of the uh, names had been lit up, and then you'd mm-hmm. watch the bottom name pop out like that, and oh, then okay. and then he would have walked out, put his board on a gun. This is unfair to me. Or something. That, perhaps that would have made it a bit more clear. But basically, he's picketing the the restaurant they've opened together right. because his name hasn't come up in lights and theirs have I, I i just thought i maybe missed a bit of dialogue that explained it or something it, it just confused me i was just sort of like i mean but also it doesn't really impact the story does it i mean not at all they could, <laughs> no. they could have... it's a very weird note to end on it's just like yeah. fill in the blank why did they have this falling out yes yeah. they yeah. seemed like such pals yeah, yeah. So, Very odd. Oh, Very I, I was just a little yeah. confused, that's all. But thank you for clearing it up, though. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't going to look it up. <laughs> so, and I certainly wasn't, wasn't going to look up uh, uh, weather patterns in uh, in Istanbul either. <laughs> well, you're just, not, you're just not prepared enough, that's all. Yeah, well, you know, as I said, ramshackle is us at our best. So. <laughs> but no, as my, uh, my first Greta Garbo film, I'm... Uh, I'm very happy it was this one. I must admit. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I I enjoyed it a lot. I would say the like the one kind of thing that I thought doesn't play too well to a, a modern audience is is the the count's insistence that that Nina smile for him. I was like, oh, that that puts my back up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, just smile, love, and I'm just like. Oh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But then, as we, as we said earlier, I mean, he is very cocky, isn't he? So. Oh yeah, yeah. So he he always will. I I mean, I guess you got to give him a little bit of credit for being forthright. I suppose he's he's being honest at least. Well, yeah. my problems with the film are: I think the first act is slightly. It's a bit of a mishmash, but um, I yeah, it's very uncharacteristically. They're very uncharacteristic for for a Billy Wilder script, I think. Usually they're just like snap, 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 snap. And within five minutes, you're just so hooked. But Mm. the thing I always remembered about this film was the dull hotel stuff about who's suing who and who can't do what and who's sending a telegram to blah, blah, blah. And I have to say, I didn't have any of those issues this time. I think my memory Mm -hmm. has been playing tricks on me. But um, (laughs) I, I do think that the beginning is not perfect, but... I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I looked at the running time. This is one hour fifty or something, and um, uh, one forty-six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you hit when you hit fifteen to twenty minutes, it's just non-stop enchantment for the rest of the film. It's a beautiful, lovely, gorgeous film, and I'm so happy that you brought it to the table, Ali, because um, I I may well have gone through life. And neglecting it otherwise, <laughs> right? Writing it off as, yeah. as just dull and is that hotel stuff. room? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got to give it credit. Though. I mean, here, look. I mean, none of us will ever be rich enough to stay in a place like that. But mm. holy, <laughs> it, I, I thought it looked great. Mm. It's like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> although, although, do you see that bit where Leon, uh, when she's drunk and he places her on the bed, and it's a double bed? It's the smallest double bed I've ever seen. <laughs> there is no bed. way he could have fit on there. <laughs> Actually, that was it. Um, her um, her flatmate in uh, in Russia. She she uh, after she she wants a. Her, her nighty or a dress or whatever it is, and then she sort of says, "What what else? What else did you get while you were in Paris?" Mm. And obviously, too, too many dirty jokes just came into my head instantly <laughs> at that moment. So. <laughs> I'm a bad man. 
Sure. Well, they do have a bit of a crack at the at the French for the stereotypical French reasons, like when Leon is talking to the three comrades and basically saying, "You're gonna lose the the court case because the French courtroom will just see mm. a woman in a nice dress." And She'll just hitch her like, dress up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Hitch up your trousers? What are you expecting that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, the the French do have a certain reputation. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a strong stereotype, though, isn't it? I mean, it's one that, whether unfair or all fair, is widely recognised. So mm. you may as well take it and run with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, may absolutely. You may as well. But um, no, I just thought, um, as I say, yeah, uh, I, I have no real complaints apart from just that opening twenty minutes or so. Just a bit more tightening, fine. But then dive straight in. Because um, I was I was thoroughly impressed by it. Well, it was a very awesome. middling um, score from me before Ali brought this as well, I had to rewatch it, and now it's uh, it's in no way that anymore. It's it's properly up there. I loved it. I loved it. Fair enough. <laughs> so shall we uh, shall we go on to ratings? Unless anyone has any other things to bring up, go for it. Okay. Uh, well. Guess first, Ali. Uh, we rate out of ten on uh, on this show because we're not children and don't do out of five because that's ridiculous. Um, so, um, out of ten for uh, Ninochka, please, Ali. I'm going to give it a very creditable seven and a half. Fair enough, uh, Adam. I'm going to give this an eight. I really liked it. I really, really liked it, and um, by far my favourite Greta Garbo film. And uh, yeah, really, really moved by it this time. And. Thank you, Ali, for bringing it to the table. <laughs> you've resurrected a, 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 a like a bogey film for me, and it's cool. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's also my favourite Greta Garbo film. <laughs> oh, um, mine too. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> so, so so we've come to that. Yeah, I, I honestly, I I knew nothing about this going in. I, I was completely naive to everything it was about. Yeah, tight in the tight in the beginning, and you've got a ten out of ten movie. I adored this. I absolutely adored it. It's a nine. It's a nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was beautiful. And the, the um, Greta Garbo and um, uh, who played Leon? Sorry, I've forgotten his name. Melvin now. Douglas. Melvin Douglas, I think. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, it was just what a great pairing. They had amazing chemistry, and the film just worked. And I thoroughly enjoyed the entire thing. It was. It was wonderful. Yeah. So thank you, Ali. What what a great pick. I'm so I'm so relieved because it as I said it was a punt. I mean, based on the personnel involved, I thought it wasn't a complete stab in the dark. I but... thought you were talking about me and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Perish the thought. Perish the thought. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just a delight, um, and uh, I I think I will be buying it as well because I, I I will want to watch it again. Awesome. Although I, I will say I rented it off uh, off Amazon Prime, and uh, the um, the quality of the print on the on there is is excellent. I was mm. I was very impressed. So yeah, so it's a it's a thorough recommend. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Um. So before I give Adam the genre for the next episode, uh, Ali, do you want to pimp your show and everything else to all our listeners? Sure. So you can find my podcast Roos Files Unite. I technically call it the Roost Files Unite movie podcast, just so people know that it's about films. Um, but you can find that on any podcatcher or, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. I also do another show that is very different. It's a track by track REM podcast called oh, Gentlemen wow. Don't Get Caught, which is <laughs> very ramshackle and rambling, but it's, uh, it's, it's good fun. So, so, yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'm on Twitter at... Alistair underscore Pitts and also at Rusifal's U. Uh, that's the letter U at the end. So if you want to say hi, that's where you can find me. That's wonderful. Yeah, sorry, did you say an REM podcast? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, well, I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> How long has that been going for? So that's been going, oh, just about over a year now. Yeah, my friend Lynn, who's been a guest on Roost Files quite a few times. Um, yeah, he suggested last year that, w- that we do that. So we've just been going track by track from, you know, the beginning of their career. And we're now up to 
uh, we're just recording episodes from um, Out of Time, so we're finally oh, nice. at a famous album. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, album. no, I've I've really really been enjoying it, so it's it's been good fun. I mean, we go on very bizarre tangents, but it's it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing yeah. it. Ta- tangents? No, we we never do. We don't do that. We, don't, those. we don't ever no, talk no, about Smokey dis- and his prostitute habit. No, no, never talk about that, no. <laughs> but no, that's great. Well, there you go, people. Everyone, check that out. So, Adam, time to put you on the spot again. Okay. <laughs> Don't sound too excited. Uh, okay. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> there we go. Okay. So, for next time. Once more with feeling and all that. <laughs> once, once more with feeling. Uh, we haven't done it in a little while. We've sort of skirted around it with Noir and whatnot. But um, after how well episode one went down with everyone, I want a full on, proper, hardcore thriller, please, sir. Thriller? Mm-hmm. When you say thriller. We did obsession. Do you mean. Yeah, we did obsession, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you want it now? It, it's up to you, my friend. It's your show, too. <laughs> I'm gonna go with foreign correspondent Alfred Hitchcock, 1940. Bloody uh, hell, we're going back to Hitchcock already. We are going back to Hitchcock already. I'm sorry, but I've been dying <laughs> to bring this one to the table, and I did go. You, Adam, foreign correspondent. That was what my brain actually said. So, um, yeah, foreign correspondent, which is, oh my god. It's wonderful. It's so good. You're going to love this movie. It's it's one of the few that I've that I've already seen. So yeah, I'm more than happy to to revisit. Uh, This isn't going to be the Hitchcock show, but when you say thriller, I mean you're kind of narrowing it down. I mean, fifty percent of your choices will always be Hitchcock in the Golden Age. (laughs) So um, well, well, not if you continue like this. We'll have gone through them all in about (laughs) two months. (laughs) I I have to get foreign correspondent in there if I can. I was slightly. Uh, restrained last time because you said British, so yeah, to be man who knew too much, which is also well, British. But no, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, if you if you give me the the choice, the chance to do thriller, then please, I have to get foreign correspondent in while I can. Okay, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, look, you know me, I'm more than happy to revisit Hitchcock anytime you wish. So okay. there That's we go. For, foreign correspondent next, love it, awesome. <laughs> wonderful. Well. Just uh, it's Mr. Host. Time to close us out, I think. Well, thank you very much All for right. joining us, um, <laughs> Ali. Thank you very much for having me. It's been wonderful, Ali. Ali, you are a true gentleman and a good friend to both of us and a good friend to the show. And my eternal thanks for having appeared today. And I hope you have a And you're more than welcome to join us once uh, again as well. Please yes. do. It's- it's been an absolute pleasure. So much, uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's 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 been absolute joy. We love you to bits, Ali, and um, we do. You're a regular uh, contributor to Film Club as well, so it's, mm. it's lovely to spend most of my uh, Sunday I pop my pop my head round the door now and again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like many do. <laughs> I'm yeah. usually very quiet because I haven't. It's it'll be the first time I've seen. The, the yeah, film, yeah. I'm, I'm rather underwatched in terms of like the golden age, so. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to catch up on all these films that I haven't seen. So, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Will, will, will you be joining us tomorrow night? I don't know. I don't know at this point because I think I have to... I, I, I've said I'm going to review... Oh, what's it even called? Uh, Proud Valley. I've said I'm reviewing that for uh, Talking Pictures TV podcast, which I haven't oh, nice. contributed anything to for over a year now. And it's like... Oh, I really want to watch that film. So, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Well, we're watching. If, Notorious. if I say I'm going to review it, then I have to watch it. Fair enough. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, um, what? Well, maybe we'll, we'll see be it there. there. Maybe we won't. But um, of course, we'll always be there, bumming around at, at the front of the. Well, I'm not at the front. Smokey and Stacey are always sitting at the back throwing popcorn at my We're head. on the back row. Mm-hmm. You're back at the row. back operating the projector. No, uh, no I'm at the back throwing out swear words. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, and making people feel rather uncomfortable. But that's just kind of my job. So it's fine. It's what Adam employed me for. So yeah. it's fine. That's, that's literally it. Professional <laughs> please. Five pounds per hour. Ding ding ding! <laughs> you think of no one better. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a compliment or not. <laughs> He's very good at what uh, he does. Let's just say. As, uh, where Adam's concerned, that's a compliment. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
(laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this has been All the Best Lines. Thank you so much for joining us, Ali. Thank you, Smokey. As always, you're the loveliest. Of course. And uh, all the best. Lies. I like like Bernard and Deirdre. They sound like a a nice couple down the working man's club. Yeah. What what about 50 for a brandy? You go f*** off. (laughs) (laughs) Bernard. Burn it for you. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Did you sit there um, scratching at? Hey, what? that's me. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh. You're married to me. You married People... this. <laughs> I... <laughs> and you never let me forget it, do you? <laughs> <laughs>